Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Are you good today? Yes, you are. Are you excited to be here? Okay, well, if you got your Bibles with you, let's turn to Ephesians 5. We're going to start there. It's good to see you today. Ephesians 5, we'll start there, and uh, we're going to continue just preaching whatever the Lord tells me to preach about. You like that? So, uh, you know, I don't have any, like, preacher book in the back room or anything like that. There's no, like, a Sunday guide I read out of every week and figure out what to preach. Some pastors probably do that, but uh, I don't. Uh, My dad who's a pastor of this church for 30 years, and he's still preaching. He's preaching this morning. He's in uh, Georgia this morning. Georgia? Okay. Uh, He's in Georgia this morning preaching, Uh, but he taught me, you just need to listen to what God tells you to preach and preach on that. Like, even if you already had a message, if God tells you to preach on something different, preach on something different. So all week I've had a different message, and then yesterday at the park, Charlestown State Park, because the Lord lives there. Um, I couldn't hear him at my house, so I had to go out there because that's where he lives. So um, I went to Charleston State Park, and when I got out there, I got a completely different message. So you're not getting the message I had prepared all week. You're getting the message that God gave me last night. So uh, I'm open to change, and I want to preach what God wants me to preach. So uh, we're going to go a different direction this morning. Ephesians 5 and verse... 15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. Yeah, I'm coming in hot today. But like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Verse 17. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. So today, if you're taking notes today, the title of my message is, What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Now, I felt this strongly um, lately, and I kind of live here. And now don't laugh when I say this. I think part of it is me getting older. See, see, because I know most of the room's older than I am. So you're like, Pastor, you're not old at all. And so, part of me, it's, it's me getting older. I think it's not so much my age getting older, it's my daughter's age getting older that's making me feel old. You know what I'm saying? So, I turned 36 a month ago, but my daughter's turning 11 tomorrow. But she looks like she's 15, and that's not cool for a dad. And it's making me feel very, very old right now. Like, I remember last week, Natalie was the size of all these precious little baby girls that are in our church right now. We were just crawling around the other day, literally the other day. Now we're shopping all the time at very expensive places because 11-year-old girls are built different these days. And, and, and they require different clothes than when I was that age. Like when I was that age, mom and dad took us to the cheapest store available and just got us cheap clothes. Nowadays, these girls have to wear high-end fashion, high-end necklaces, expensive shoes. The shoe game of elementary kids is ridiculous. Have you seen the shoes of kids these days? They are rocking Nikes and Adidas and Jordans that are $200. When it's like most of us never had those type of shoes in our entire life. But elementary kids wear them like they're just cheap shoes. Okay. This is not my message. This is therapy. Okay. (laughs) It's free. You're helping me by listening. You know, isn't that what therapists do? They don't say much. They just let you vent and then you figure out your own answers to your own problems by listening well. So you're doing that for me this morning. But I think a lot about this and I think part of it is me getting older and Natalie being 11 tomorrow. Um, But also, 
you can feel it. And the Bible just said that, that make the most of every opportunity because we live in evil days. Like you can feel the world around you. If you're sensitive at all to spiritual things, you realize like, hey, time is short. Like we don't have forever on this planet. And the more that the days get evil and the more that there's just chaos in this world, that means that we need to do something for God. Why we have an opportunity to do something for God. And we don't get forever to do that. We have a limited time frame and a limited opportunity. I also think that I think this way a lot is because of people in my life that went to heaven. Now, if you've had a lot of people in your life go to heaven, you think about eternity a lot. And you think about heaven a lot because you're, you miss people. And even though I'm younger, and you're like, Pastor, you're a, a very morbid person. No, like I think about eternal things a lot. And I think about heaven a lot because there's a lot of people in my life that have been there. And I've lost a lot of people. So I stay in this place of thinking a lot about I only have limited time here, even though I'm 36. And then I don't know how much more time I have on this earth. I need to make the most of every opportunity. But I should not be the only person who feels this way. (laughs) This is kind of a biblical thing that God says that we all need to have this eternal mindset not like a morbid mindset like you're thinking about dying every day I'm not saying that but realizing I have a limited time frame on this earth and that I need to live not like a fool but live wise because I need to make the most of every opportunity and understand what the Lord wants me to do today because I only have limited time to fulfill God's plan and God's call on my life not just me but all of us. And God has a plan for each one of us in here. And we have limited time to fulfill his purpose and make the most of every opportunity. Now, God has given all of us in here opportunities. He's given us these God-given opportunities for us to do certain things for him on the earth while we are here. And it's a part of his plan and purpose for our life. And yes, Your ultimate purpose and plan in your life is to know God. That's the number one thing. Your number one purpose beyond anything else in life is to know God and to love God and to to understand God. It's to have a relationship with God. That's your number one purpose. But within that purpose, we are called to do something for God out of that relationship with him. And that's what I want to talk about today. Because those things we're supposed to do for him while we're on the earth are called opportunities. Now, God has given all of us these opportunities. Now, let me give you a few definitions of the word opportunity. An opportunity is a set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. It's a favorable, appropriate time To get something done. Let me read that again. An opportunity is a set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. It's a favorable, appropriate time to get something done. I love this by Leonard Ravenhill, who was a great man of God. He said, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. The opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. Notice that word, it must be seized. It must be taken. It's not automatic. Now, a lot of us have been taught wrong that if it's just God's will or God's plan for your life, it's just going to happen. And you have no part to play in it. You're not involved in it whatsoever. You don't have to obey God. You don't have to pray things out. You don't have to seize opportunities. No, if it's the mysterious will of the Lord and it's God's plan, it will just happen. No, it won't. 
The Bible says that we have to seize the opportunities that God has given us. We have to take God's will for our life. We have to step in to God's plan and God's purpose for all of us in here. It's not automatic. You don't stumble into God's will. You don't accidentally become a part of what God is doing. You don't just accidentally seize and take every opportunity God's given us. It's a choice we all make. And if you're going to live like it's just going to automatically happen and I'm just winging it here and if God wants it for me, it'll just happen. You will miss every opportunity that God has for you on the earth. And you'll wonder why your life wasn't the way it should have been. And why didn't God do this? And why didn't my life turn out this way? And why did I miss all this? Because you missed it. It had nothing to do with God. We have to seize or take the opportunities that God has given us. The opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. It does not just happen. But we realize and we use terms like this that we have a window of opportunity. It's a window. It's not forever. It's a window. And for all of us in here, there's the time we are born. And then there's the dash in the middle. That's where we're at right now. And then we die. That's the time frame we have the window of opportunity. It's in the dash. And for all of us in here, that's different time frames. Once again, I'm not trying to be morbid or think about death. But unless you think this way, you'll miss opportunities. Some of us in here only have 10 years left. Some of us in here only got 20 years left. 30 years left, 40 years left. Some kids in the back maybe have 60 years left, 70 years left. But we all are living in the window of opportunity right now. We're living in the dash between when we're born and when we die. And if we don't seize the opportunities that God has given us, we don't get a second chance at this. We don't get to try this again. Those opportunities will be lost. Now, the problem is when you don't seize the opportunities that God has for you, not only does it affect your life, but it affects everyone else that was supposed to be affected by you seizing that opportunity. It's not just about you. Yeah, God has great plans for you and you need to seize your opportunities. But when you don't seize your opportunities, it affects your husband or wife. It affects your kids. It affects your grandkids. It affects people that you were supposed to reach for God, but you never stepped into your opportunity. There's other people's lives at stake. This is not a joke. This life, we need to seize the opportunities that God has for us. But we're, they're only seized within this time frame. The window of opportunity. Now stay with me. Because we need to understand this. In the Bible, there is two words for the word time. Because we as human beings, we're living inside of time. We are born, and then we have a life, and then we die. But we're living inside of time. But the Bible has two words for the word time. Now follow me here. There is the word chronos, where we get the word chronological, and is it is just the word of for time in general, like when it refers to the day or the month or the year or your life. It's the word chronos in the Greek translation. It's the word for time in the Bible. But then there's another word in the Bible for the, for the word time, and it's the word kairos. Now, kairos has a different definition than chronos, and kairos means... Not just time in general or chronological time referring to the day or the month of the year. Kairos is the God time. Kairos is, the definition of this is the right time. The opportune time. Some definitions give Kairos the definition of it's the God moment of decision or action. Stay with me. So within our life, we're living in the chronos, right? Right. We're living in time. The day, 
the month, the year, the decade. We are all living as human beings within the chronos, the time frame. But within the chronos, God has given us kairos moments. He's given us those kairos moments where those are the right time. Those are the divine times. Those are the opportune times. That if we don't act right now, we're going to miss the opportunity. It's the time, of, the Bible says, of it's the right moment in the right action at the divine moment in opportunity. So God has given us kairos moments throughout our life that we have to seize those opportunities or we never get back. So we are all living within inside this time frame on the earth, within the chronos. But then God gives us kairos moments. Most people miss those kairos moments because they are not aware of the timing of God. They are not seizing the opportunities that God has given them. But all of those opportunities God has given us, we need to be aware and awake and to seize them. Because they not only affect our life, but they affect our family and our children and our children's children. They affect our church family. They affect the people that we're supposed to reach if we don't make the most of every opportunity. Let's look at Ephesians 5 and verse 16 in the Amplified. Ephesians 5, 16. Look at what the Apostle Paul said, making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity, using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. Making the very most of your time on the earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity, using it with wisdom and diligence. So all of us are living inside of time, but within that time, there are God times, God moments, God opportunities that we have to take advantage of or we don't get them back. We got to make the most, the Bible says, of every opportunity. Now, I'm going to talk today about how we make the most of these opportunities. How we don't miss these God moments in our life. They're from God. Now, I know a lot of you have experienced probably some of these in your life. What about the time that somebody first invited you to church on the rock? That wasn't just a Kronos moment. That was a Kairos moment. It was an opportunity from God that that was your time to do something and to make an action. And if you wouldn't have made that action, your life would look different than it does now that you are at Church on the Rock. What about that time you met your husband or wife and they were the perfect will of God for your life? That was a Kairos moment. What about that time in your life that God told you to give something very large in an offering and you felt like, I don't know about that, but you did it anyways. And then you saw the fruit of that giving for the next decade. That wasn't just a regular moment. That was a God Kairos moment that you had a decision to make. We have those all the time in our life, but a lot of us miss them because we're not making the most of the opportunities that God has given us. So that's what we want to talk about today. Let's look back at Ephesians 5. You follow me today? Ephesians 5 and verse 15. This is all about making the most of these opportunities. Notice what it says, how we do this. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Verse 16. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but notice, understand what the Lord wants you to do. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. That's making the most of the opportunities God has given us. Now, the first thing I want to share about is this. We're talking today about how we make the most of the opportunities that God has given us on this earth. 
Because we have a limited time frame. We have a limited time to accomplish God's plan for our life. We have a limited time to fulfill our purpose. We have a limited time to do what God has called us to do. Not just as a church, but all of us together, our own personal lives, with our kids, with our grandkids, with our careers, with our future. We have a limited time frame, and we need to make the most of the opportunities that God has given us and not miss them. The opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. The first thing I want to share is about if we're going to not miss the opportunities God's given us, we're going to have to wake up. You're going to have to wake up. Let me say that one more time a little bit louder because I need to wake you up. Y'all going to need to wake up. Now, we realize this in this world we live in, life in the world has a way of putting us to sleep spiritually. I know all of us, including myself, and I'm a pastor, I'm paid to do this. But just living in this world and living this life, we can all get caught up in the routine and the day-to-day. And I go to work and I do this and eat the same ham sandwich every day. And I go here and, and I do, do this with my life. And then we come home and we, we watch the same entertainment on TV and the same Netflix shows and the same sports on TV. And we got the same hobbies and we scroll our social media for hours the same way, the same day. And we live in a spiritual stupor which Americans are super good at. Like we excel compared to other countries of living in a spiritual stupor, spiritually asleep. Because we have so many things in our life to numb us, to put us to sleep spiritually that we are not awake at all. And that's why sometimes, hear me here, and don't get offended at this, when you come into church and you hear me this excited, that's why some of you look at me like, Because you've been asleep all week. And it's not me, y'all. It's you. I love you, but it is. And that's why when somebody's like up there worshiping and dancing, everybody's like, why are you standing that way? And you think they're the weird ones when you're the one who's spiritually asleep. And we've made the people that are passionate and vocal and excited about God the weirdos when that should be normal Christianity. Someone who loves God should be passionate, should be excited. Why? Because they're not asleep. They're awake. And we make excuses for ourselves because we go to work with people that are spiritually asleep. And most people in our family are spiritually asleep. And places we go, they're spiritually asleep. And then we, we watch things that of, of, with other people that are spiritually asleep. And we, we, we scroll through social media and look up to people that are spiritually asleep. And we listen to podcasts of people that are spiritually asleep. And we wonder why we're spiritually asleep. Oh, I'm just getting started today. If we're going to make the most of our life and these opportunities, you got to wake up. Wake up. Now, some of you know what this means because you got kids back in school. Come on, the past few weeks. And that 6 a.m. hit different, didn't it? For those kids, that 7 a.m. hit way different because they, they've been sleeping all summer long and staying up late. And then they have to start getting up at 6 and 7 o'clock. And guess what? Your monotone wake up doesn't work for kids in the morning, does it? Because they're asleep. And maybe you could try it the first couple days, but you notice your kids going back to sleep. You know what you got to do? You got to turn the light on. You got to throw the covers off and you got to say, wake up. I love you, Johnny, but wake up. Because whispering it will not do it. Keeping the lights off will not do it. Keeping their covers on will not do it because they're too comfortable to wake up. Does that not sound like the United States of America? We excel in comfort. 
because we're so rich and we're so prosperous. And even the poorest person in America is still rich compared to the rest of the world. And we have comfort everything in this country. We got comfort food, which we eat all day long. We got comfortable vehicles. We got comfortable TVs and comfortable sports and comfortable phones and comfortable lives and comfortable everything. And it's not hard to stay asleep when everything's comfortable. And you got to have a 36-year-old preacher come this morning and say, let's turn the lights on. Let's throw the covers off. And you got to wake up. Now, what's the alternative? Let your life run by you and have a ton of regrets before you die. And when you get to heaven, God will say, I love you. I'm glad you're here, but you didn't do anything I called you to do while you're on the earth. And don't think God's not going to say that. Because a lot of people, that's what he's going to have to say to. I love you. Glad you're here. But I had this for you and this for you. And that conversation, that was a divine moment. You missed that one. You missed that summer camp. You missed that service. You were supposed to marry them. You married that person. Bad move. You're supposed to go to college here. You were supposed to give this in the offering. You were supposed to start that business. You were supposed to uh, fund that missionary. You're supposed to share your faith with that coworker. And you missed your whole life because you were spiritually asleep. Now you're still saved, still going to heaven, but you are asleep. And we're going to make the most of the opportunities that God gave us within the chronos, the time. If we're going to make sure we don't miss these Kairos moments throughout our life, we're going to have to wake up. Wake up. Now, I, I love these verses that we just read. But let's read literally the verse before we talk about living wise and making the most of the opportunities, what it says. Ephesians 5 and verse 14. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. This is the verse literally before all the verses we just read. It starts with, Awake, O sleeper, wake up, church, and Christ will give you life, and he will give you light. Verse 15, then, because you're spiritually awake now, and you got the light on, you woke up, now be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Verse 16, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Verse 17, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Now, how can you do those three verses? Because you had to get spiritually awake first. You woke up. God turned the light on, and he woke you up. And then now that you're awake, you can see the opportunities. Now that you're awake, it says you can live wise, and you can understand what the Lord wants you to do, and you can make the most of every opportunities. But you got to wake up. Are you with me today? Hopefully I didn't offend you, but I'm still telling you the truth. You got to wake up. Now, here is one of the characteristics of somebody who is asleep. They have their eyes closed. Now, when you go into a room and somebody's on the couch, they're laying down in the bed, wherever they're at, when you walk in, if they have their eyes closed, the assumption is they're asleep. That's one of the main characteristics of sleeping is your eyes are closed. Now, when your eyes are open and they walked into the room, they start talking to you and they start engaging with you. If, even if you were laying in bed, if you had your eyes open, because they'd be like, they're awake. So we see that one of the characteristics of being asleep is having your eyes closed. But the characteristic of being awake is having your eyes open. You with me? In the natural. But it's the same way spiritually. Spiritually. 
we have to spiritually be awake and have our eyes open to see the opportunities in front of us. Or they will pass us by. Or we will miss them. And we should pray this every day. Hear me, church. You should pray this every day. God, help my spiritual eyes to be open and for me to be awake to see the opportunities you have for me today. Instead of going into your day like this. And you're assuming that you might randomly bump into the will of God. Maybe I'll stumble over an opportunity here and there. No, you don't have to live that way. God said he can make you come alive and come awake and he will give you light that you can see. If we want to make the most of the opportunities in our life that God has given us and not miss these kairos moments within our chronos, our time on earth, we have to wake up. And let me give you a good verse to pray. We talked about a second ago, you need to pray that you would be awake every day and you would have eyes open to see what God has for you that day, the opportunities. Ephesians 1 and verse 18. And I pray, now this is the same book of the Bible, Ephesians, just a couple chapters earlier, Paul praying, and I pray that the eyes of your heart the very center and core of your being may be enlightened, flooded with light by the Holy Spirit so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people. Let's go one back. Notice what Paul says because he's, talking to a group of people that he wants to be spiritually awake and see the opportunities. I pray that the eyes of your heart, that's your spiritual eyes, not just these eyes, the very center and core of your being may be enlightened and flooded with light by the Holy Spirit. If you prayed this every day, the Spirit of God would show you the opportunities for you that day. If you prayed this every week, church, the Holy Spirit would show you the opportunities that week. If you prayed this every day, instead of waking up and staying in the spiritual stupor all day, the slumber, and then, and then we wonder, weeks go by and months go by and years go by, and we're like, what, what happened? But if we prayed this every day, we could see the opportunities that God has for us every day. Most of the time in our own lives, they're right in front of us, but we just don't see them. Because we're not asking God to wake us up and have spiritual eyes that can see what God has for us that day. He has so many opportunities for you, church family. He has so many things for you, but you have to ask him and wake up that your spiritual eyes can see it. You can see the opportunities God has for you. So if we're going to make the most of the opportunities, we got to wake up. The next thing is we need to live wise. We need to live wise. Ephesians 5 and verse 15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise make the most of every opportunity in these evil days don't act thoughtlessly but understand what the Lord wants you to do but let's jump back to verse 15 so be careful how you live don't live like fools but live like those who are wise if we're going to make the most of our opportunities we have to wake up but then we got to live wise we have to live wise. And we're going to talk about that for a second. Live wise. Ephesians says if you're going to make the most of the opportunities, you don't need to be like a fool. You need to live wise. Let's look at what the psalmist David said. Psalm, Psalm 90 in verse 12. 90 in verse 12. Yeah. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. 
Look at what it says in the New Living Translation. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. We need to live wise. There's something about knowing your time is limited on the earth that should make you live with wisdom. That when you understand, the Bible says, that our time is limited and that the Bible says when, when God says to David... That you, it would teach you to number your days and, and to understand your time on the earth and to understand how short your time is. That there's something about that that brings wisdom to your heart and to your mind knowing, I only got so many days here. I only got so much time here. I need to, to do something, but not just do everything. I need to be wise with what I do. There's something about knowing that and thinking about that every day that helps you walk in wisdom. Do you realize people that make foolish decisions are never thinking about the future? They're never thinking about their life in 10 years or 15 years or 20 years. They're making a rash decision based off a temporary feeling. But when you think of your life in terms of the next 10 years and 20 years and 30 years and you only have limited time on this earth, you live with wisdom. And make the right decisions because you know your time is limited. And that will help you make the most of your opportunities. When you realize that you only have so much time, it changes the way you handle your money. You handle your money differently when you know that your time is limited and you have to do something for God while you still have the opportunity. It changes the way you love your family when you realize your time is limited. It changes the way you raise your kids when you realize your time is limited. It changes the way you, you go to your job every day when you realize your time is limited and you've numbered your days. It gives you wisdom. It changes the way you take care of your physical body and your mental health when you realize that your time is limited. It helps you to walk in wisdom to make the choices to see those opportunities come to pass. When you live with that mindset, the psalmist says, teach me the number of my days to think about this. Then I'll walk in wisdom. I make foolish decisions when I'm just thinking about Monday. I make foolish decisions when I'm just thinking about next week or next month. But when I think about my life in the terms of the way that God sees it, I walk in wisdom. Proverbs says, though, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is not, God, I'm scared of you. It's a reverence of, God, I have limited time here. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to handle my money? How do you want me to, to raise my kids? And how do you want me to, to have my career? And how do you want me to spend my money? And how do you want me to think? And how do you want me to be? And, and do you want my heart? And you want my life? God, it's the, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The reverence of him that I have limited time and I don't want to waste my life. I don't want to waste the opportunities that God has given me. And if I can say that at 36, all of us should be saying that. If I feel like I got limited time, you got limited time too. And in, in light of eternity, this time any of us have, even if we live to be 100, is like that. The Bible says life's a vapor. It's like smoke. It's like the dew in the morning. It's gone like that. Even if you live to be 100, 120, it's still gone like that compared to eternity. If we don't live with wisdom, we'll miss it. We'll miss it. And we don't get it back. We don't get to redo it. You can get a lot of things back in life, but you don't get time back. Don't get it back. Come on, let me, let, let me talk to you this morning. You don't get it back. You only got one shot. That's why it says, wake up. And walk in wisdom. 
Being a fool is living like, I got all the time in the world. Man, I do what I want. I goof off this year. Man, I go to college wherever I want. I'll just party for four years. Then, I, then, I, then I'll get an apartment. Then I'll goof off for another five years. Then, you know, then for next 10 years, you know, I'll just hang out with my friends. And then, then about 40, I'll get serious and get married. And then you're a fool. And living like that, ain't nobody going to want you when you're 40. Okay, that's a side, that's a side subject. I, I don't need to step on that too much. But we live like that, especially because we're living like fools. We're thinking, we got all this. No, you don't. Someone who's wise and makes the most of their opportunities realize, my life is short. My life is limited. Teach me, God, to number my days so I would walk in wisdom. So I don't miss these kairos moments in my life, these divine opportunities. Because if I live like a fool, I'm going to miss it. Some people have missed decades and decades of their life because they didn't live like this. Today's the day. Stop living like a fool. Live with wisdom. Make the most of the opportunities God's given us. Are you still with me? Our attitude should be, God, because I do have limited time, all my life is yours. All my time is yours. All my talent is yours. All my treasure is yours. All my family is yours. All my thoughts are yours. All my career is yours. All my heart is yours. All my life is yours. That's someone who walks in wisdom. Fool says, it's my life, I'll do what I want. Okay, well, you'll miss it. You miss the whole thing. You'll miss all the opportunities God had for you. You'll miss the perfect will of God for your life. You'll miss it. And then when you get to the end of your life, you'll just have regrets. A lot of regrets. But you're hearing this 36-year-old pastor today, so you have a time right now to change you got time to change it i don't care whether you're 25 55 95 today this message is for you if you're still here god still has something for you god still has a plan for you god still has opportunities in front of you even if you feel like you're at the end of your life no you are still alive for a reason god still has opportunities for you wake up and be wise and see it God has something for all of us, but we got to live wise to see it. Are you getting something or is it just me today? That's why we titled this message, What Are You Waiting For? (laughs) What are you waiting for? I say that to myself about every day now. What am I waiting for? If we're going to do it, let's do it. If we're going to move with God's plan, let's move with it. If we're going to be the church we're called to be, let's do it today. Why are we waiting 10 years? We don't got time. If I'm going to do something for my daughter, why wait? Do it today. If I'm going to have that conversation with that person I need to have, why are you waiting? Do it today. You don't know how much time you have. You got to... Wake up, live wise, and make the most of the opportunities. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Today is the day. The Bible said today is the day of salvation. Now is the time. Why are you waiting? You're only setting yourself back. Today's the day. I know I'm challenging you today, but you need this. You need this today. All of us need this. So, I've got a few more things and I'll close. If we're going to make the most of these opportunities, we've got to wake up. We've got to live wise. But we have to understand with opportunities come opposition. 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 9. There's a wide open door. For a great work here. Although many oppose me. 
Let's read it in the Amplified, I believe. For a wide door of opportunity for effectual service has opened to me there, a great and promising one, and there are many adversaries. Now, Brother Daryl, could you come play? Because I just feel like we need to transition to service because I feel like God's got to do something special in here today. If we're going to make the most of our opportunities, we need to wake up. We need to live wise. And we need to realize with great opportunities come great opposition. Now, why am I saying that? I'm not saying that to discourage you. I'm not saying that so you would step back from what God has for you. I'm saying that so when that happens, you realize you're actually on the right track. Now, sometimes in church, we always talk about, well, if all this is going on and going wrong in your life, it's because you're not doing the right thing. Sometimes that's the case. But sometimes everything is going wrong in your life because you're doing the right thing. Look at the Apostle Paul's life. Was he out of the will of God? Read Corinthians. He said, I was shipwrecked multiple times. Bitten by snakes. Beaten by my friends. Beaten by my enemies. Thrown in jail. Some people would be like, well, the Apostle Paul must have been doing something wrong. No, he was actually doing something right. Because with great opportunities comes great opposition. But if you know that ahead of time... You'll be prepared for it, knowing if I just push through this, the opportunities on the other side of it and the results of what will happen is worth the opposition. It's worth it because of the way that it's going to affect me and my family and my church family and the way it's going to affect the people that, that I need to reach for God and to fulfill his plan. It's going to be worth it. The opposition, it's a big opportunity, but that comes with big opposition. So just because things are going wrong in your life when you're trying to do what God's called you to do doesn't mean back up. You're wrong. Maybe you're right. Maybe you've been more right than you've ever been. The Apostle Paul said there's a wide open door of opportunity and there's many that oppose me. Many. Do you know and I'm just going to say it like I feel it today. Because I feel like you want me to say it like I feel it today. <laughs> the things that have happened to this church are for a reason. For a reason. Our church is 38 years old. We'll be 40 years old in 2025. We went through a lot of storms and we've always come out the other side. Financial storms, people storms, church splits, bad attitudes, offense, people dying, people leaving, all sorts of things. But God has still remained faithful and we still get on the other side. Things that have happened in my personal family with dad and Jessica and other people, it's not an accident. The Bible says if you strike the leader, then the sheep scatter. With great opportunities come great opposition. I don't wish that on you, but I'm just saying ahead of time, if it happens, it's okay. God will get you through it. You get on the other side of that, and that opposition was going to be worth it. The pain is going to be worth it. The long nights are going to be worth it. The seasons you had to go through that were a struggle were worth it to get you to where you're going today. Everything in my life has prepared me for this time. Mental health challenges, depression, anxiety, sometimes for years at a time. getting divorced my brother-in-law dying my mom dying 
Now, I'm not saying I'm a victim here because I'm not. But I'm saying all those things right now have brought me to this place. Just like all the things in your life has brought you to this place. And you can see it as an opportunity or you can look at the opposition. The bigger the opportunity, the bigger the opposition. If I could say this, I'm actually okay that those things happened. You know why? Because all the people coming into our church and all the people we're going to reach in this region, I can help them. Why? If you've been suicidal, I can help you because I've been there too. Oh, oh, you're coming from the street and you've been struggling with depression for years? Well, your pastor did too. Oh, you've had anxiety issues and panic attacks? Yeah, your pastor did too. Oh, you're divorced and you're struggling? Yeah, your pastor was too. You've had some people die in your life tragically, many people, and you didn't know why it happened and you didn't understand it? Well, your pastor did too and he can help you. The bigger the opportunity, the bigger the opposition. The Bible says what the devil meant to harm you and to take you about, God can turn it around for your good. God didn't cause it. God didn't do it. But God can take it and he can make it something beautiful. He can take the mess you were in and make it a message. He can take the test you went through and make it a testimony. He can take everything you went through, all the opposition you went through, all the pain you went through, and he can use that so you can help other people. With great opportunities come great opposition. For this church family, we're in the best place we've ever been. And there's great opportunities ahead of us. And I think God knows we're a church that doesn't give up. I think God knows we're a church that keeps going. I think God knows we're a church that stays in faith. And we are right on the verge of the greatest days our church has ever seen. The greatest season of increase the greatest season of finances, the greatest season of salvations. Come on now, help me somebody. The greatest season of healings, the greatest season of deliverance, the greatest season of new people coming. And we will be the church that God called us to be, which is a region-changing church. We will be that church. With great opportunities come great opposition. Don't let it stop you. Keep going. When you push through that on the other side of it, you'll be so glad you did. Because you'll see the fruit and the results of that decision. Not only will it bless you, it will bless everyone in your life. That you made the most of the opportunities God has given you. Lastly, I appreciate you staying with me today. If we're going to make the most of the opportunities, we have to be quick to obey. Divine opportunities require obedience. We use this word in the beginning, but it said that we have to seize and take advantage of the opportunities that God has given us. Seize means to take hold of. Seize means to take the opportunity eagerly and decisively. Not just whatever will happen, whatever will happen, man, you know. It's God's will. No, seize means you take it. Eagerly, decisively, you grab it. Now, how do we do that? By our obedience. God has all these opportunities in, in our life, throughout our life. But when we experience them, we have to be quick to obey. Why? Because if we're not, they could pass us by. Not like, God, give me a few weeks. Uh Uh-uh. Be quick to obey. You might not get it back two weeks from now. Well, God, give me a few months. No, you might not get it back. Be quick to obey. If we're going to seize the opportunities in our life and take them, 
We have to be quick to obey every time God speaks to us about that's an opportunity. That's an opportunity. That's an opportunity. That's an opportunity. Jordan, wake up. That's a Kairos conversation right there. That's a Kairos week right there. That's a Kairos uh, decision right there. That's a Kairos moment in your life right there. If you don't obey quickly, it will pass you by. And we don't get it back. We have to be quick to obey. And I know we live in the modern world. We live in the the Western culture. We live in America. But hear me this morning. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Because we in Americans, we think we're independent. We got options. We can do what we want. Ain't nobody going to tell us nothing. But when you delay your obedience to God when he says now's the time do this here do this now that's still disobedience to God and you will miss the opportunities that God has for you we got to be quick to obey or we will miss them and you never know what's on the other side of your obedience you don't know who it's all going to affect, what is all going to come out of it, how it's going to affect you and others in the kingdom of God. That's why we've got to be quick to obey. When we're awake, when we're living wise, when we're understanding what the will of the Lord is, when he speaks to us, we have to be quick to obey or we'll miss it. There's a story in the Bible about Saul, King Saul, and Samuel. And he had disobeyed God. But then, later, he wanted to come bring a bunch of offerings to God. Talked about that during the offering time. To kind of make up for it. But notice what Samuel, who was a prophet, said to the king Saul. 1 Samuel 15, verse 22. Samuel said, has the, Lord, as, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to listen to the fatter rams. To obey is better than sacrifice. We got to be quick to obey. And that's what I I see a lot of Christians do that. Instead of actually obeying what God says to do, they just do a bunch of other stuff they want to do to kind of make up for it. And that's what Saul did. He didn't obey God, but he's like, I'm going to give God a bunch of burnt offerings and act like he forgot about this obedience stuff. I'm going to just keep coming to church and act like I don't have to obey him. I'm going to keep, you know, being on a team at church and serving God, but I don't have to obey him outside of church. You know, I'll give, but, but I don't obey. And you know what God says about that? Obedience is better than sacrifice. You're going to miss all your opportunities if you're not quick to obey in these moments that God has given us. God appreciates what you do, but he appreciates obedience more because your obedience is attached to the seized opportunities he has for you. Simple obedience leads to seized opportunities. God's not asking you to figure it out. He's not asking you to do everything, he's only asking you to obey when he gives you an opportunity. And if he speaks to you here, you obey. Down the road, you obey. Down the road, you obey. And then you realize, man, look at what God's doing in my life. Look at the opportunities that I'm, I'm able to be a part of. Look at what he's doing in my family. Look at what he's doing around me. It's attached to your obedience. Because God gives us all opportunities, but only those who obey quickly. 
will seize the opportunities he has for us. Some of us in here are afraid to obey. God would never tell you obey to obey if there wasn't something better on the other side of obedience. There's none to be afraid of. None to be scared of. I would be more afraid of not obeying because what are you going to miss out on? What are those regrets you're going to have in the future? What are those things you're going to miss out on because you didn't obey? Don't be afraid to obey God when he gives you an opportunity because obedience is better than sacrifice. Did you guys get something this morning? Can you stand up with me today? Thank you for coming this morning. Thank you, Father. Can we just lift your, our hands today if you feel comfortable with that? Thank you, Father. Come on, can we just thank him today? Father, we thank you that you have a plan for us, that you have a purpose for us. We pray, Father, right now, get in agreement as a church that you would wake us up this morning. You'd open our spiritual eyes to see the opportunities around us. That we'd stop walking around in a spiritual stupor, this place of sleep. But we would wake up to your purpose and your plan for our life. Every day, every week, every month, every year. Father, that we would walk in wisdom. We would walk in your wisdom for our lives and understand what the Lord wants us to do. And I pray for all of us in here that we'd have eyes to see that. Making the most of every opportunity. Help us as individuals and families and also as a church family that we would seize the opportunities in front of us right now. We would grab hold of them decisively and eagerly by our obedience. We would not delay, but we would obey all you have for us. Father, we're asking you, we don't want to let our lives pass by and not see your plan and purpose be fulfilled. We want to be a part of it. Help us to see those Kairos moments in our life, those opportunities in front of us. And let us act on them with our obedience. We pray that today. We ask you for that today. I ask you that for every individual in this room this morning. Thank you, Father. Could you just raise your hand if that's you today? If you say, God, I want to be in on this. I want to be in on this. I want to see those opportunities. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, you see our hands, you see our hearts, and I pray that you'd speak to us. You'd show us the opportunities in front of us. You keep our hearts and minds alert and awake. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Hear me, church. There's a reason I titled it, What Are You Waiting For? Because some of you need to stop waiting. Stop delaying. Stop putting your life on hold for one day. One day I'm going to believe God. One day I'm going to pursue God. One day I'm going to fulfill my call. One day I'm going to get involved in church. One day I'm going to start being a giver. One day I'm going to do this. One day, no, one day won't come. It won't come. It won't come. Because you'll keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off and you'll miss all the opportunities God has for you. Today's the day. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day. Now's the time. 
to move with what God has for you. Do you guys receive that today? Thank you, Father. Well, Father, we just love you today. We thank you for this time in your house. We thank you for the Spirit of God in here ministering to people right now. We thank you that we're going to make the most of every opportunity in this time we have on this earth. We thank you for challenging us today. We receive that challenge from you, Father. We're going to make the most of our time. We thank you for this church family. I thank you, Father, that we go in your peace. We go in your presence. And we go in your power today. Thank you for all of your people that has come today and all the kids in the back, that your blessing would be upon us to help us do what we're called to do. And we thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.